Hey, everybody. I've got two guests for us today. The first guest you've heard uh, over her 20-year career. She's a voiceover, radio, TV, YouTube, Pandora, Spotify. She's been in movies, TV shows. You've seen her in brands for like Office Depot, Harley-Davidson, Whole Foods. She's a super experienced voice actor. And all of this experience has taught her that if you really want to be a successful voiceover voiceover artist, I'm good at this, right? That you also need to be a successful business person. You got to think about your work as a business. And this experience she shares with her one on one coaching students and on her YouTube channel called The Gift of Gab. Please welcome Gabby Nistico. Hello. Hey, Gabby, how are you? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Now, we have a second guest. My second guest, just five years ago, was a former magnet school drama teacher who found himself wondering if it's too late to get back into performing. So he decided to find out. And since then, he has built a flourishing voiceover business and coaches, I think a couple of hundred coaching students that are right now that are following in his own voiceover coaching called a VO's Journey Elite Academy. And he shares his hard lessons, the lessons he's learned the hard way with everybody who tunes in on his YouTube channel, a VO's Journey and his regular videos and his live streams. Please welcome Anthony Pika. That was great. That was so dramatic, too. I love it. <laughs> Tonight at eight. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you both so much for, for joining me today. I, I, I just want to, you guys both have such unique takes on getting started in voiceover. You've coached so many, just countless people, and you've got somewhat different approaches. So I thought I'd make a, a cool little roundtable here to talk to the folks who are thinking about voiceover. We know that there's new people getting into voiceover every day, and we want them to avoid some of the landmines that we perhaps have stepped on, and we want to help guide them towards the right way to get started. I think about it, I think about voiceover like like uh, like a tree, right? What, what does they say about a tree? The, the, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The best time to get into voiceover was 20 years ago, and the second <laughs> best time is today. Mm. So, uh, as we think about as we think about getting started in voiceover, what are th- some of the things that newbies should do today to start if they don't have a microphone? If they've never been coached before, what are some of the things that uh, someone who's brand new to voiceover should be thinking about? Anybody, just jump in. That's great. Well, I was like, I mean. <laughs> Well, we we all could talk about this forever. <laughs> um, you 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 can start, Gabby, if you if you like. Oh or man, I mean, <laughs> I, I just I know there's going to be so many places where we're we're going to be on the same page. Yeah. Um. So so I feel like we have a game going here, right? It's going to be like, can we read each other's minds? Can we can we beat <laughs> each other to it? Uh. So so for me, for that, it's performance immersion right it's it's because i field that very phone call that question in emails and uh, literally dozens of times a day it seems like and and that's the number one and i'm always like look if if you've spent the last 15 20 years of your professional life as an accountant an electrician a radiology tech whatever you've done that doesn't mean you can't do this, but you're coming into it at a disadvantage because the majority of people who are doing this professionally have a performing background. And so the biggest thing is the more you do to jump in feet first into the the world of performing arts, into the world of acting, 
the better you're you're gonna do in in the long term. So acting classes, getting a coach, improv. Oh dear God, improv, improv, and more. <laughs> like take all the improv classes, um, community theater. Um, yeah, that's that's like where I I initially kind of push people, and in many mm-hmm. cases, I even say go do that and get back to me in six months. Mm. Because that that for me is is really the 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 foundation that needs to be there before voiceover even kind of enters the picture. I love it. <laughs> I'm right there. I'm yeah. I'm right there with you. I think that's absolutely wonderful. I, um, so I think uh, just like Gabby, I mean, I today, you know, um, with because uh, I also do uh, also mentor uh, students as well, and I'm um, just like I know Gabby does, and and you know, we were talking about this very thing. I, I like to think of it as like sports. Right. I mean, in order to play a game, you've got to learn the rules first. All right. And to play within those rules, you've got to learn these boundaries. Or I like to look at them as we have unspoken rules in voiceover, like any industry. Mm. And what I mean by that is every genre we approach, whether it's voicemail, IVR, whether it's ADR, whether it's commercial work, whether it's meditation, whatever we do, we expect or the listener uh, or client expects some form of understanding of how they want to hear it. All right. And, and we have to learn that in order then to be ourselves and bring out that unique delivery that we're going to bring, but we've got to learn it first. Right. So if you don't know, I work with a lot of people, beginners who don't have that background. So they're very unclear how anything should even sound. So, you know, to to go further, there's a practical nature, right, to what we do. Like, of course, like you talk about all the time, Mike, your space. I mean, we can we can begin from like a very practical nature, do X, you know, do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And that's actually I mean, that's very accurate and something that you should do, like your space, your equipment. All right. Learning how to produce a file that's high quality and professional sounding. All right. You know, being able to do. But. If you once you do that, and that can take quite a while to get to that point, you've got to be able to play within these rules or yeah. understand what you what's expected of you or or people are going to kind of be uh, they're not going to know how to hire you to. Uh, I was working with a, a, a person today a little earlier and um, his amazing voice, one of those those guys where it's like, you know, I don't have that voice. You know, they just have this this deep voice, you know, and um a, you know, he wanted to get into documentary work and, you know, but his style, you know, he's still learning a documentary style. And, um, you know, we worked a lot on trying to, you know, improv our way through, which is, again, why improv is so important. Improv your way through coming up with different delivery styles, listening to other people is another thing. For goodness sakes, listen. When I was an acting coach for most of my most of my life, where I was voiceover. Um, you know, I always tell, where do I start as an actor? Go watch other actors, right? Watch plays, go to plays, go to musicals, go watch them. You know, if, if you, you know, you want to learn something, watch, listen. And I think for us, listen to other voice actors. Well, for sure. Listen, sure. <laughs> learn how, listen, there's so much out there. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I agree completely with Gabby. I, I think it's absolutely right. You've got to immerse yourself and you got to learn the rules before you play in it. Yeah. I, I, Big- I, I totally agree. You know, I, I liken it to people ask me, I, I'm sure you get it too. They, they say, I, I'm going to, I'd like to be a voice actor. How can I do an audio book? I'm like, okay. 
Hold on for just a second. I want to be a guitarist, and I'd love to play in Madison Square Garden. I can't (laughs) do that tomorrow. I gotta, I gotta practice quite a bit before I go on stage at Madison Square Garden. Let's, let's crawl and then walk and then run and then go play at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. (laughs) The the practice, you know, it does require practice. I don't, I don't do well with the sports ball analogies, but definitely oh. the music, that's the one I, <laughs> yeah. I tend to go to. And I'm like, look, I'm like, you've, you've got to learn the basics to, of playing this instrument. And right now you don't even have the foundation and you want to go off and play a concert. And I'm like, it's, it's not going to work that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are there, um, are there any techniques that you guys have for, for people who are brand new? I mean, coaching, coaching's expensive, buying gear is expensive. Most people have you know they can they can talk into the microphone and the are there exercises that we that we recommend for people when they're evaluating can i do this should i do this like what are things people can think about doing that's free uh, well i i I'll, I'll start maybe um i do know like uh just just because it was probably for the last 20 25 years is beaten in my mind as a as an actor you know warm ups are important and they're not just important for warming yourself up, but also, especially uh, with your speech and your diction. Um, you know, it is a different idea from going from a stage or something to in front of a microphone. And and we don't uh, project like we do on a stage, but your diction, I think, your how you pronounce things becomes even more important. So tongue twisters, these things, they just even if you're doing a couple times a day, I mean... Performers, you know, we do this for our whole lives. I think it's so vital that no matter what we do, we always work on that instrument. Like I was saying, right, your your voice. So that's something that I recommend that anyone can do. Three to five minutes of tongue twisters a day. Overdo these tongue twisters. Make sure you over, open your – I mean, these are silly things, but they're not. Open your mouth. Overdo these things because you are training yourself to when you go and you, you sit in front of a microphone and you perform, you're not going to be thinking of these things. So you have to practice, right, as if you are trying to train your body to do this subconsciously while you're performing. But this comes with time, and it should never end. This is a craft that people, we actors, we spend a lifetime working on this craft because we are constantly changing. So we have to change. You know, you have to work on that. Um, so that's one thing. That I'll, I'll start. Maybe get we can go back and forth. Um, that's one tip I got. <laughs> What's um, you go next <laughs> well piggybacking on that rodney salisbury's book rodney salisbury has an entire book of tongue twisters for voiceover so yeah. yeah yeah i'm i'm big on read i'm like get by the books people go by the literature i mean there's so much you can mm. learn yeah. from just reading some of the amazing books that have been written, you know, the art of voice acting, there's money where your mouth is anything Pat Fraley has put out. Um, Even just um, the, you know, like H John Benjamin's book, uh, like just, just start absorbing the content around the industry. And that's going to help you to learn more of not only the performance techniques, but the behind the scenes, how this industry really works versus what you think it is in your head. Um, Mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time in classes with students who are new debunking and, and like kind of being like the voiceover myth buster and and having to sort of reprogram right these ideas of what they think 
it is versus what it actually is. And then in many instances, like Mike, you were saying, you know, the people who are like, oh, I want to do an audiobook. In theory, you want to do an audiobook. Once you find out what it actually entails, yeah. <laughs> what is required of you, what is expected of you, what your expectations are, it, it, once all of that gets laid out, the amount of people that go from 100% sure I want to do an audiobook like drops to like 10%. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. And so some of that you can find out just on paper, just by reading, mm. just by like like literally absorbing very basic information about the industry. Now, does that mean you're going to be like, oh, okay, I never want to do voiceover? No, it just means that you right there have been able to say, well, there's a whole genre. I can cross off my to-do list and focus on something else. Can, can I piggyback on, on something sure, too about sure. that? Um, so odd. So when I first started uh, in voiceover, you know, I had I'd, I'd been on stage. I played for thousands of people. I, I've been a teacher. I, I'd spoke in front of people. I say all this because when I got in front of a microphone, you know, I had problems reading out loud. So I wanted to talk about you know reading out loud skills. Speaking of Pat Fraley, because I brought it to mind, you know, Pat Fraley had done things about reading out loud skills and the important. And and I took you know I felt like it was a step further because when I first started, every other sentence I would screw up. And I thought, here's a guy, I've got a bachelor's degree, I've got a master's degree in educational leadership, I've done all this work in my life as an education, and I can't even speak properly out loud. What, what, what is the deal? Like, it was, it I was very frustrating. I'm literate, I promise, I promise <laughs> right. I am. Yeah. And, and so this is, and so, and I, but fortunately, I found out that this was a problem that a lot of us had, or have had. And one of the things that I did, and we, uh, some practical advice um, as I bought a long time ago, years and years ago, before I started voiceover, I bought one of these books called, you know, uh, Read Fast, <laughs> one of those books where, you know, speed reading. Mm. And um, in the book, one of the things that it talked about was uh, working on reading ahead. All right. Try as you're reading, reading ahead. OK. Um, and so I was like, OK, well, I just wanted to feel comfortable when I was speaking out loud, when I was narrating. I mean, we. We're, we're not, these words aren't written for us, right? We have to take other people's words and make it sound like they're ours. So first things first, I had trouble with breathing. I had trouble reading. I was out of breath. I'm sitting down and I'm like, why am I out of breath? I'm not even doing anything. I, mean, I can't even read right, right? So there was all these things going through my mind. And I said, okay, well, if I, I started to say, well, well, let me try this reading ahead thing. Maybe if I read a couple words ahead. And I, I found out, which by the way, if you try this, it's going to be extremely uncomfortable. Don't fret. You're doing it right at first. The more you read ahead, it feels very awkward and, re and weird because you're still speaking while you're trying to read ahead. But what you'll find is it changes everything. You, you, it, in one's fail swoop, you start to begin to have less breath issues. You start to begin to uh, not have trouble reading out loud anymore because you know what's coming next. Uh, th but this was a over time uh, adventure, if you will, on how to read out loud. I, I did another thing too because I was so fascinated with why I sucked at reading out loud that I got headphones, like noise canceling headphones, and I'd, I'd seen this somewhere. I don't know where I'd seen it, and. Uh, 
I put it on my ears and I, I made it to where I put cotton ball. I did everything I could so that I couldn't hear my own voice. This is important. Did you know if you don't hear your own voice while you are reading out loud, you will, you will not make a mistake. It is the craziest thing in the world. And I realized then and there that it was my brain. It was the way I was hearing myself and the way I expected, all right, internally to perform externally that was causing a lot of these issues, right? And it was a shocker moment for me. Uh, now, I'm not saying you're going to get an incredible performance doing that, but I'm saying that in, in one fell swoop, immediately, I wouldn't mess up anymore. That's interesting. And I, it, it's, it's, I, I recommend everybody tries. It will blow your mind. And it, it just goes to prove. So anyways, the point is, is that I learned that my reading out loud skills added so much more frustration, trouble. Also, I couldn't get any sort of uh, um, tempo or pacing or anything to, to tell a story effectively when I couldn't read every other line I messed up. Yeah. I had to stop. And so anyway, so I, I think reading out loud skills is extremely important. And don't beat yourself up if for some reason you feel like, why? why? I mean, I'm an adult. <laughs> I should be able to read. And you, you can't. And you, you feel very defeated. It takes practice just like everything else, right? Mm -hmm. We all have to – most of us haven't read aloud since in third grade. They were told us to, you know, you, you take the next paragraph. You Nick take the next sentence and it is it is a skill and i i still i'm not the world's best cold reader i, I did three audio books in the past two months and i was just i was coaching somebody and we looked at one of my files because we were talking about like the technical delivery and she goes what are all those lines i was like that's all the edits you do that many edits i'm like yes i i'm tightening i'm but i go up i mean i go up like sometimes every third sentence i'll get i'll just fall out of the groove and i just do that over and over again it takes a lot of practice mm -hmm. to do that read ahead. And I'm still, you know, I, 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 I'm trying to learn how to do that with a 50 year old brain. And so it takes a, takes a lot of practice yeah. to, to get that stuff. So yeah. So you got to learn how to read. You got to learn how to yeah, talk. Like... Mm -hmm. <laughs> got to learn how to act. Mm -hmm. I mean, to, going back to what, you know, Gabby said, this is acting first. Yes. And we don't, and I, I say this all the time. We don't have the benefit of our body. Nobody can see. Right how we're emoting we have to put right. it all in our voice so it's it's acting it really is acting first and there is a lot of there's a lot that goes along with that mm -hmm. gabby we, uh we were just on i was just looking at my my youtube uh, i'm sorry my discord channel and somebody had had shared one of your uh one of your i think it's a pretty recent video it was about um how pay-to-play sites are not necessarily for beginners i don't know if mm, you remember making yeah. that video so I, there's two things that I want to explore. One, I think for, for both of you, there's, there's some aspect of, of pay to play as, as we get started, before we start to get agents and we start to get things fed to us, talking about the pay to play sites. Uh, but also, how do we know that we're, that we're ready? Those, they're not free. You got to pay to play. Right. So if, if you're going to get a win rate of like one win for every 300 auditions, super discouraging. How do you know yeah. when you're, how do you know when you're ready? Where do you start finding the, the scripts yeah. to do your reps, to get your practice in? Where, what do you guys recommend for your, for your new folks? Well, I, I think one of the big things is that um, it's a two part question because yeah. the, the first is understanding that 
in this industry for for professionals, validation comes in the form of bookings, right? It's it's the work that we do. That's ultimately someone saying, yes, I'm going to pay you and hire you to do this voiceover is what validates our existence, our, <laughs> yeah. our choices, yeah. everything. So for somebody who's very new, a lot of their frustration stems from the fact that there's no validation. It's it's not happening yet. And and that leads to a lot of frustration and they get depressed and a lot of a lot of psychological components that go along with that. But in a way, they have to seek out their own validation, but they have to do it a little bit differently. They have to sort of quadrant the industry into pieces and look at how do I attain validation in all of these like segments or slivers of the industry to make sure that I'm where I need to be to then start pursuing the paid opportunities. This is where, you know, having individual coaches, individual mentors, you know, people in different areas of the industry to help you assess these different aspects and say, okay, yes, your studio is where you need it to be. Your editing is where it needs to be. Your performance in this area, this area, this area is where it needs to be. Your auditions are strong, you know, so that you can then join a pay to play and actually feel like it's a worthwhile investment and you're not just flushing money down the toilet. Unfortunately, what we all know is that's often not what happens. New folks find a pay to play. They, they get a little too, um, they buy into the hype a little too much and they fall prey to it and they waste an awful lot of money that could have been better spent on education. Um, And then many of them backtrack and figure that out later. I, well, me, you know, me personally, like I've, I've changed a lot over the years. I think in my early coaching days, I was a, a bit more rigid and like, there's a right and a wrong. Yeah. I, I've largely kind of moved away from I'm like, no, 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 there's just choice. There, there's simply too many options now. And it, it's like, you know, the ends justify the means. So you do what works for you. Um, so whether it's traditional coaching, working with different individual coaches, workshops, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of people have really great success with workout type Mm -hmm. groups that are peer led where they're working with other um voice actors at a similar level things like um what angan guza does with vo peeps um the gvaa has one um there's 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 others out there i'm just those are the two that i'm I'm thinking of off the top of my head um those kinds of opportunities really give people a low-cost way to feel like they're participating and getting feedback. And at the very least, being able to also compare themselves to other people, because that's another thing nobody really tells you in the beginning. You have to have perspective. Mm, When you're in a room full of other actors, you know, some people are better than you, which humbles the hell out of you. And some people are worse than you, which encourages the hell out of you. (laughs) We all kind of need that (laughs) to know where we are in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you? That have- was awesome. Yeah. I, I was just. Yeah. I was just gonna say to to. Uh, I love Gabby. 
you 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 know how to say gabby knows how to how to say things right i love it <laughs> um and i think um i just you know and oh so much about pay to play right i mean you can go so many different directions um oh that's and... sigh, anthony that just touched my heart <laughs> <laughs> well you know i think well i mean i think you know and, it, and it's and this is, you know, for everybody who, you know, watches, right? I think it's important to say that, you know, we all feel very strongly about things. But what Gabby said, I really, I really appreciate, you know, there are means to end. There are what is real, what's not real, what is perceived. And in the end, you know, it, it is, you know, who's going to really put food on your table? And I think that's, you know, we have to support our, ourselves, you know, and I think I have such a, I have a, I hate to audition. I just get it out there. I hate auditioning, which is such a funny thing to say as an actor, right? Because your job is to audition. But the reason why I hate to audition, especially on sites, and it's funny because, you know, I, I, I don't have any problem with, with David to the CEOs of Voices and and, and Rolf and the, from Voice123, all these places, these places. I, I like these guys. They're, they're good. They're good people. But I don't like the cattle call mentality, that these places, uh, you know, that they have, and I think what happens is new, new newcomers, it's like Gabby said, you're not aware of that and that model. So I, but I like, but but I like these sites because we as a we as an industry, I feel that's starting just forcibly working more online. Okay, I mean, really getting work online. I mean, which just that is the way it is, a lot of sense, and because of that a lot of business does go through these places. So I do feel like it is important to acknowledge them and be a part of them. If your budget, your marketing budget, I do find that a part, you know, business side, mm -hmm. if your marketing budget allows it, but I like to use these sites as a way for like example, these, there are people who go on to voices.com and these places, voice one, two, three, and who search for, for voice actors who don't look for auditions. So, you should, if you're on these sites, have 50, 100 samples on these websites. I'm, you know, I, because I know we talked about, you know, there's, we, we have differences kind of like how to begin. I'm a big advocate for controlling my schedule, putting out things in the places that I want to put them out, where traffic is being driven to, and have those people come to me. All right. Um, now, this is approach means that you got to be a lot of places. And you got to do a lot. But I like that better sometimes. Now, don't get me wrong. If someone comes to me and says, we'd like you to audition, then, of course, I'm going to audition for it. But I'd rather it be that way where I'm getting out in front of a lot of people. And these sites can help you with that. Sure. Um, but I don't ever recommend, if you're just starting, to necessarily get on these sites because they are very expensive. And here's just context. I'm not saying this is the reality for most people. But I was working with a poor fellow who, who said he had done over 6,000 auditions and only gotten like three or four jobs. And you talk about, I mean, just something that is demoralizing. And when the reality could be that it's not. And that's another thing, too. The reality is, is that what if you're 50th when you submit your audition? The likelihood I was a casting director for a time after the first five or ten they all pretty, I mean, you know, as a casting director, you're paid. You got to sit there and listen through it. But <laughs> you're not going to, those people aren't going to listen to you. Yeah. And then you just, what Gabby said about that feedback, that's so important because you're like, well, I suck. No one hires me. When the reality is, 
is how many now voices have tried to add uh, actual stats, right, to their work so that you can see, like, did someone listen to you? Did you get shortlisted? Whatever that's worth. All right. But the, the reality is, is that you you might not even be heard. Yeah. yeah. But you might feel like they don't like you because you're not getting hired. Yeah. So I do think that statistical part is important because, you know, you don't even know if they're even clicking on your stuff or they're even listening to you. It's that in which case, are you really doing a bad job yeah. or is it just not even hearing you? That lack of feedback from the pay to place that is that can be such a killer. I mean, it's really just throwing it out to the mm -hmm. void. So you may do 6,000, but if you never get any feedback to know how to improve, and a lot of people don't know how to be introspective enough to self to self-critique without tearing themselves down and go, I suck at this, I suck at this, I suck. but actually listening to, to themselves to, to, to get themselves better. You know, I've, I've, I've certainly told people, I think the value of the pay-to-play site, if I had to assign a value to it, is it's the place that for a couple of hundred bucks, you get access to hundreds, if not thousands, of real, poorly written, <laughs> scripts that are the the actual material that are going to be the thing and they're all at our you know at, at the starting level the writing sucks sorry no offense to anybody out there but if you're you know a lot of times the writing is is not meant to be spoken mm -hmm. uh but it's where you can actually get if somebody said i'll for four hundred dollars i'll give you a catalog of a thousand real scripts that you can practice with maybe maybe that's maybe that's got value but that's a great way to look at it. And then it, if you win one, if you if you do actually submit the auditions and you win one gig, it's going to pay for at least half half the membership right there if you win one. But otherwise, you just sync it and say, I just want access to mm -hmm. real scripts. Because, you know, the, the other the other thing I, I recommend and what I do for myself is I'll go on to iSpot TV and transcribe real ads, right? I'll transcribe real advertisements and then forget about them for a couple of days, try and do the script and see how I compare to the guy who won or the gal who won. Um, but, you know, not everybody's getting access to Jeep and McDonald's and Nike and, you know, all, all the big brands. We're, we're getting, if we're, if we're, if we're new to the game, we're on the pay to play site, getting the stuff that's in third grade English, if we're lucky. <laughs> I, Sorry. <laughs> I do think transcription though is so key. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I spot phenomenal resource that most people don't know about um, YouTube. Great resource. Like I argue with, with people all the time. It, like, okay. In my house anyway, this is always a, a constant battle. Um, no, don't pay for the Hulu premium and the ad free and the, we need those. Yeah. Yes. We need them. It's the literal, like it's research. It's, yeah. it's, part of what we do it's part of our industry i'm the weirdo who turns the ads up i don't want to <laughs> like shun them you know that like you have to immerse yourself in that and i find it so bizarre when people are like oh i don't want to you know what yeah. that's part of how you're going to find scripts that's how you're yeah. going to stay on top of the trends that's how you're going to know what the heck's going on yeah for sure, mm -hmm. for yeah. sure. Watching watching the commercials because you know half of us, you know, we're trying to get into commercial VO. Well, you gotta you gotta hear what the commercials sound like. Even if you're skipping them, there's some people who are not. They're actually hearing the ads. Um, same thing with YouTube. I, a lot of times, I'll sit through those pre-roll YouTube ads, and you know, 
uh, what I do is you, if you write, if you pause the ad and right click, you get that stats for nerds and you can actually get the ID of the video itself. Yes. So you can go and bookmark that ad or you can use something like, uh, you know, yes. YouTube downloader and download that. I have a whole folder of reference ads where I think I could be that voice and I transcribe them and I practice them. and Love that. Because <sighs> mm -hmm. that doesn't cost, no, it doesn't cost nothing. No, I totally agree. I, I mean, acting is imitation, right? It really is. I mean, you we are imitating uh, heightened life, right? Well, you say what drama is, but I, I love that. Reference files are key. I mean, that is something I, you know, I talk about a lot too. Having references, references. you're listening to people, you know, you, you don't know what you don't know. You can't, and, you and know, do it without you learning. For sure. And the other thing that works so well for auditions, if if you've got a folder of reference ads, when you get an audition, you go, that reminds me of the Jeep ad I heard. I'll go back and listen to the guy that mm -hmm. won or the gal that won and say, that guy got booked with this delivery. Is there anything I can take from that delivery and use it in my audition? Because that guy won the gig on a national ad or a regional ad. What can I take from that and apply as inspiration? Absolutely. Reference mm -hmm. are, are so important. Do, where do you think there are, are as coaches... Where do you think the emerging opportunities are? Do you still think it's, I got to get an agent, I got to record a demo? Do you think that's still like the, the, the prevailing advice for the new voice actor? They, let's, say, let's say they've got the chops. They've gotten the coaching. They're, they're, they're saying, coach, I'm ready. Put me in. Where, where, do they, where do they start? Get a demo? What a loaded question. I know it's yeah, so hard. Right? So hard. It, so hard. There's uh, a million answers, yeah. a million right answers, there, I think. There are, I think. Yeah, there really are. Um, so, and, and this is where I think it's just so good uh, from a student's perspective. When you go to work with a coach, you work with somebody too, you know, do a little research on, you know, see if you connect with what they, you know, the, their, their style, right? Because everyone's going to be a little bit different. Um, I think... I mean, I'm constantly looking. I love marketing. Um, I know Gabby loves marketing. I know that we, you know, it's one of those things where um, I always said, you know, if if actors were better marketers, we wouldn't need producers. And I always think, you know, it's true, right? I mean, we. So, to me, you know, what I said a little bit earlier, but I think in our day and age now, at least from my opinion, um, an agent. Is important, but it's one piece of a puzzle or it's one piece of the pie. It can't be well, everything we have nowadays. It can't, I, I, at least for me, I, I feel like it shouldn't be the only thing that you have. You should have multiple places where you're trying to get business because the reality is, is people are, go, people are going on Google searching for voiceover. Well, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just, a, it is what it is. So... You know, you could work on building your own website, which is good fight, but hard. Um, then there's all these other places. We talked about pay to play. Then we talked about the, the agencies and, the, and then the intermediary type of websites. Um, then there's communities. Facebook. I mean, I, I have a lot of people who get a lot of work from Facebook. Being in a community, voice actors, you get a lot of work from other voice actors. Um, certainly Twitter, if you're... If you're in the indie, you know, the indie um, game market and you love, 
to do game characters is a lot, you know, in that community on Twitter. Um, so that's a very vague <laughs> answer to such a broad, uh, wide-ranging question that you could go really deep into in so many levels. But I do think, for me, the best thing is, is that, you know, be you really do got to put your... That, that's why I say I like to create my content, my demos, my samples, and put them as many places as I can, right? And, and to fill out every platform. I want to I want to go on a platform and fill it out to where a platform emails me and says, please, Mr. Pika, stop putting stuff on our platform. <laughs> we know that you're here, all right? I want to do, I want, I, you know, or, you know, please stop, because I want it to be no question that I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> and that you're going to find me, um, you know, because why wouldn't you? Uh, so anyways, but again, that that's uh, – go ahead, Gabby, you, you go. I, I I could go forever, but – It's it, – that's the problem we both could, right? It's such a, mm -hmm. such a loaded question. Uh, so I think it's also such an industry-specific question. It is, it is so much about what are the clients using? What mm -hmm. What is their preferred method? for finding their actors. And it is, right, it's not what it was 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. It, it's changing. It's changing constantly. We have all of these new audiences and it's knowing and understanding what they prefer. So if your audience is on Twitter, that's where you need to be. If your audience is on Instagram, that's where you need to be. If they're on YouTube, that's where you need to be. And not, it's not all the same, right? So like I target, what you said earlier about researching coaches and knowing that component, right? This is, it all ties in because mm -hmm. it's knowing and understanding. I, me personally, I've never believed that one coach could do everything. Um, and I've always been leery agree, yeah. of the folks that market themselves that way or try to be that for people. The coach themselves has a specialty within the industry or a handful of things that they do really, really well. So that experience reflects in their coaching and reflects in what they teach. So then when you talk to another coach, it, again, their experience reflects in what they teach. Are we both right? Yeah, huh? And there's the problem. And then you get a lot of people thinking, well, it's, oh, it's conflicting. And, you know, people are telling it, but it's not conflicting. It's industry dependent. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it, so, you know, I give you my knowledge as somebody who largely plays in the commercial world because it's relevant to commercial work. But you talk to somebody who's booking mainly corporate jobs and e-learning all day, they might tell you something completely different. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean it's not valid. It just means it's not going to work for commercials and vice versa. So it's it's really knowing and understanding that about those different ends of the industry. Um, so like for me and my business model, I spend a lot of time targeting creatives. And I have to know where those creatives are and what they're doing and how they're engaging. Are they still engaging talent agents are they still working with talent agents absolutely but more so than ever before they're working directly with multimedia houses who are carrying their own rosters mm -hmm. and they're working directly with studios and they're cutting out a lot of agent involvement so 
I've had to shift, you know, the things that I do to shop myself and to make sure that again, I'm, I'm introducing myself to new audiences. So, so a lot of it is just marketing trends. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, you know, like I still read ad age. I haven't been in the advertising industry in many, many years, but I know that it's such a core component of all of what I'm a part of. It's, it's knowing like every industry has its trades, right? It has its, its um, trendsetters and it's, it's kind of, you know, watchdog organizations. You've got to be part of that. Mm, that's, I think true. that's really, really important. Like if you're not engaging that, then you're always, you always feel like you're a step behind, you know, and that can be rough for, for new people, especially like, um, you know, like it's, it's even, even silly things like for beginners and not understanding the broadcast quarters, right. Is, is, is it, for us, that is so basic and so fundamental. We don't even think about it anymore, but for somebody who's brand new, right in their mind, logically, Oh, it's about to be September. I should maybe promote some back to school stuff. Right. <laughs> it's it's understanding. Year, <laughs> no, you should have been doing that in July. Mm-hmm. Because that's how that industry operates. And and we're just we're used to that already. So it's part of that is I think where having a really solid business plan comes into play and really mm-hmm. knowing and understanding again, that audience that you're engaging and, and, and how they do business. Yeah. Well, I was, I was going to say, um, just I'll piggyback off what Gabby was saying too. Um, you know, in the, in a, in a video journey lead Academy, we, uh, started a, a audio production company within the Academy. And part of this was, I know this is grandiose and I'm probably such an idiot for it, but I don't have any issue with ACX and Amazon. Well, let me rephrase. Uh, I wanted to create something that might be, you know, some some other thing. And there is a wonderful other thing. Anyways, the point I'm trying to make is, is that following the trends, knowing what's going on, getting involved where places there are opportunities, that's so important. You know, we, we I, I started this production company for the very purpose of, getting more opportunities because there's so there's so many people who are on a different playing field so here i was gonna so just to just to add on to this make sure you have just kind of a goal or what like i've worked with people in all realms just like all of us have like i've worked with people who are in their 70s and they're getting into the voiceover industry because they want some extra money to play golf and they've always wanted to you know, somebody Phil, 40 years ago said they had a good voice and they just want to do it. They, they don't want to do, they don't want to move to LA or something. They, they don't want to do major things. They just want to do some, some side jobs, right. To, to make a couple extra bucks. And I've worked with some people um, more and more, a lot of single moms uh, who are, you know, they can't leave and go places. They, you know, they, they, they have to be, you know, working from their home and, and, you know, but they're they're not looking to do, um, you know, big big roles because they don't have that time. But then I work with people who want to be every, you know, want to go all in and 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 have the 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 major major spots and stuff. So knowing what you want is really important too, and and not be afraid. You know, if you want to do something, that's good. 
then then search out the people and the and the communities that are doing that too. But that's a big thing because I think you're right, Gab. There are so many in sub industries within our industry too, and different little things here and little things there. And so you depending on what you want, you could have a nice old life doing a little bit over here and be very happy. Or you might want to take over the world. So go over there, <laughs> whatever yeah. you want. Yeah, yeah. So knowing what you want too, I think is really important. Well, I think similar to you know, what Mike was saying earlier, that that musical musician analogy is more appropriate for our industry than ever before. You now have voice actors that are just kind of like, you know, right, they're tinkerers. They're people who are like, yeah, I play a little guitar on the side. Like, I'm not I'm not mm -hmm. bad. I can hold my own. I can do a little jam here and there. And then you've got Grammy winners. And it, right. it, it's that's kind of how we are at this point. We run that gamut. And they're all musicians. They're right. They all play. They all share that same passion. It's just different levels of involvement, different levels of success, different, you know, yeah, expectations even. Um, so I think the same is starting to be true here. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's also knowing where you, where you fit. Yeah. Because musically, I think we see a lot less tension <laughs> in voiceover. There's a bit of tension in those different categories right now, because people are trying to understand what that means. And there's still a bit of, um, I don't want to call it clashing, but, the, but there is, there's the, yeah, tension just with, with people there's... not feeling like, Oh, this, this group shouldn't be there or this person shouldn't be here you know, because they're just kind of tinkering. It's like, well, no, why? What's who cares? Yeah. yeah, it shouldn't. It really shouldn't matter. Um, it's just it, again, it's it's everybody kind of knowing in a weird way, knowing their lane. Um, might it change at another point? Sure. But but if the kid never picks up a guitar when he's, you know, eight years old, he never gets to the Grammy. Yeah. Yeah. So and I, and I do think that uh, along the way, what's nice about, you know, where we are in the collaboration tools we have now that we can have academies, we can, we can join communities, we can join with coaching. Yeah. You can start your own, you know, you can always go onto a, a subreddit and say, Hey, does anybody want to create a, a workout group where we meet once right. a week and, and work things out? You can find that. But I do think, I think, you know, strategically what you guys are saying is, is so true that there's, there's different levels of, of, how you can grow your business. There's lots of different avenues that you can take. There's multiple avenues you can take and you can build it as you go. You don't have to jump to an agent. You don't have to jump to a demo. You could go on casting call club and work with some like, some like-minded folks there. Mm -hmm. You could work on a subreddit and you can publish on YouTube. You can make videos on TikTok. If, if you're continuing to create eventually something you do will resonate with somebody and potentially they could turn into a collaborator. They could turn into a client. They could turn into a partner. Certainly, you know, my, my YouTube channel, I'm sure all of us, our YouTube channels have, have turned into business in, in ways we never expected. That's certainly, that's certainly been true for me, but it's partially, mm -hmm. me too. we have, you know, maybe we've got some acting skills that, you know, everybody's got some, some skills, but it's the process of creating. It's the process of putting it out there. And learning from your feedback that if it was interesting, 
and people watched or listened the whole way through. Luckily, these platforms give you that feedback. And hey, that's some validation. That's some feedback for you that what you're doing resonates and you can keep going and learn from that. So introspection and continuing to, I guess you'd call it paying dues, but creating and but it's also can, just new. It's a new world. I mean, I've I've had the pleasure of um, for the last year or so, I've been working with a young man who's who's twenty one. He he goes to an arts college. Um, he's a lifelong right fan of, of voice acting. He has a drama theater background, and he's twenty one years old. He got a, a, a small grant. He built himself a small studio. He has no demo. He has very little in the way of training, but he's trying. And um, he ended up through both tenacity and some contacts um, being hooked up with a, a young adult author where they connected over things like manga and anime and his sound. And long story short is... He he's ba he's he's recording an entire book series with this author. He's 21 years old. Yeah. And the last time I spoke to him, he said something to me about him feeling kind of, you know, he said, I, I feel kind of imposterish. You know, I don't even have a demo. I don't even. And I, and I said, imposterish. I said, you're 21. You're fucking doing it, man. Like, what? Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, you, you're uh -huh. you're you're doing a book series, dude. Like, you, they're, <laughs> it doesn't get any more real. Yeah. Definitely. I want to, I want to detour into one one last one last topic because uh, I think you both have some expertise in this and this is going to veer away from all the all the acting and and being an actor stuff, uh, but um, I think you both reinforce this. In addition to being an actor, and we're we're solopreneurs for lack lack of a better word. We have to know how to act. We have to know how to market. We have to know how to put it out there. But there's a business aspect of what we do. What do you think, what, what's the bare bones? What do you need from your business perspective? Is it, can you get away with just Excel? Can you get away with a, you know, the basic Excel template to, to do your invoices? Like what, if somebody wants to really go for it and start a business, what do you think the underpinnings of that business aspect are? What do you need to get started? Do you think? I mean, I have some, I have some guesses, but I mean, I don't, I don't, I would never presume to speak about for anyone else, but I, I think that an Excel sheet is all you yeah. need. I, I, I think, I think you, there's so many wonderful things out there yeah. when it comes to those kinds of things. But I think that, uh, you know, it, you, you can get caught up in all this different stuff. Yeah. Right. Where is it? But for me, the business aspect is the most important part of my business. Mm -hmm. It's a business. So that's first and foremost. Um, it is a business. Now, as artists, I do think for me being, you know, and, and I, like I said, I, I've been doing this for five years, but I've been around theater my whole life. Um, the craft itself is everything to a lot of artists to, unfortunately, sometimes their detriment. Um, meaning like, I don't want to deal with any of this. I want to focus solely on my craft. And that is such a good worthwhile pursuit except when it takes away from the actual running of a business, especially when you're the CEO. And I think when you're the CEO, you have to understand that you will live and die by how, how well you run a business. Now, I always tell people too, you can be the 
in, and the best voice actor in the world, but if no one ever sees you, it doesn't matter. Now, vice versa, you could say also, though, if everybody sees you and you're not very good, will anyone hire you? Well, we could probably say no, right? At the same time, that's debatable in some types. But I will say that being a business owner has been – I have studied more about business and trying to learn how to run a business than I have anything else. And I still struggle <laughs> to this day running a business, especially as you grow. Yeah. But I, I do think that's another way to topic. But I, I think business is so vital to your success and to know the difference between our business and other businesses. We're not a, well, at least I'm not a brick and mortar business. I run an online business. My marketing has to be different, right? My, mar my marketing can't be, Hey, buy this from me on. A, I mean, they, like, no, it can't be that way. I have to show what I'm doing. I have to be available. I have to be visible, you know? Um, and I love talking about marketing. It's my favorite thing in the world. Sometimes I think I can get too far into marketing, but the business aspect is everything yeah. to me. Yeah. I think that for um, the early entrepreneur, the early voiceover entrepreneur, it is the time versus money dilemma. And what you lack in money, you have to be willing to make up for with time. Meaning if you can't afford to hire certain experts, certain people, then you have to be willing to put in the time and effort to learn that skill yourself temporarily until you can justify the expense of hiring that professional. Um, I, in my early days, I did it all. Now, now the problem with that also is that in the in the what I'm going to call the middle of my career, even though that's a weird thing to say because it's really not, it's just the middle thus far. It was like this, like I had to relinquish, right? I had to like let go, and I was like, no, I don't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to give up control, but but I reached a point where I had to. I had there was not enough of me to go around. There were not enough hours in the day. But if I hadn't taken those steps to learn those skills, one, I wouldn't be an effective leader and I wouldn't be able to manage the team that is now at my disposal. And I wouldn't know the questions to ask and things to do to make sure that they're working in my best interest. And two, um, I, I would not have the ability to step in still to this day when the shit inevitably hits the fan and you need to, because it does happen. And sometimes we do, right? Oh, the accountant's sick. Well, things still have to get books done. Still gotta get done. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. the books, the books have to be managed. Like you, you just, so you, you, you kind of learn these skills. Does it take, you have to be very patient with yourself. It takes mm -hmm. time. It, it's not overnight. Um, and I think for a lot of people, that's, that's the frustration is that they get overwhelmed with all of it and you go, it's, it's little by little it's pieces. It doesn't happen all at once. 
Um, but yeah, learning how to, you know, build websites and manage your SEO and, you know, build your web content and deal with your socials and sales strategies and marketing and, um, you know, even, even some of your minor, you know, graphic design needs and, you know, your accounting, your bookkeeping, your infrastructure, it's, it's you know, I just, just on the, I just on the graphic thing, I can't imagine where I would be if I, if I couldn't make a thumbnail. Right. I mean, I know how so this, but how many do we make a day? Like so many. I mean, it's crazy. Um, I mean, and like, and I, I mean, I, but I remember the days right before Canva and before some of these tools that exist now. And I mean, it sucked. <laughs> it sucked so That's bad. scary. That's yeah. scary, Gabby. <laughs> you you had to learn, like you had, like, like you had to have very basic Photoshop skills. And so some, some of those things still exist. I mean, yes, now there's tech that makes it easier, but you still have to be willing to get your hands dirty and get hands on with that stuff. Even though in the back of your head, you're going to be going, this isn't my end goal. This isn't what I want to do. No, but it is still for your business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, And also I was going to say too, you're about the, the, just the growth Part of that too is growth, right? You'll get to a point where we've all got to the point where like, I have no more time to grow. There's only one of me, right? You will get to a point in your business where, you know, you, you, you can't do any more voiceovers, at least with the time given. Mm -hmm. So that is a challenge that you have to overcome, right? Whether you hire editors, whether you hire people to proof your work, whether, especially if you're in audio books, I work with a lot of people who do audio books and that's always a concern. Is the time because you can't, you know, you could get someone to pay you for an hour to do, you know, a, a commercial spot maybe that takes you 15 or 20 minutes, but you can't do that with an audiobook. Mm -hmm. It's quite opposite, right? The finished hour takes many hours. So it is so, so how do you, you know, how do you then make a living from that? You, you know, that's a, that's part of, I think, being a business owner is learning the challenges, but you're right. There's so much different, especially when you're just beginning. But I, I would say too, that's, that's, when you're looking to grow, you have to figure out ways to solve those challenges. And business helps you do that. What about taxes? I mean, I can't imagine at this point trying to do my own taxes. I'm not a tax expert. That's why I have a CPA. And that's why I have a tax accountant. My goodness, if I had to do it, it would be scary. I wouldn't be in business. You know, those things you don't even think about. Insurance. I thought about insurance. That was something I never considered, you know. And I brought my wife home from work. And we, I, I, we had always had insurance through, you know, as, as a teacher and stuff like that. But when you have to pay for it, it's a whole nother world. Then it comes through your business. Do you write that off? Well, yeah, you better. And then there is their business plans. But guess, guess what? You can't hire your spouse. You don't know these things until you go through it. Very frustrating, by the way. I'm sure you guys know. But point is, is that, yeah, there's so much um, that, that you need to learn uh, being a business owner, mm -hmm. too. Luckily, you don't have to. It's not an elephant you have to eat whole. You can, you can do a lot of this a bite at a time, right? You can start... As long as you and you're not going to worry about that when you're just yeah, starting. As long as you learn, I think that the discipline of keeping track of whatever it is, keeping track of your clients, mm. keeping track of your invoices, keeping track of your money, getting starting with the discipline of keeping track. It, for me is is where it started and you know, as you gain success then you do. You get you get good problems you have to solve. Like I mm -hmm. I make enough that I need to have a CPA. That's a good problem. And hopefully you recognize it. Oh boy, I've made some money this year. Do I who's going to help me with these taxes? I need to get health insurance or whatever it is. Um, but it, there really is just that initial discipline. That was the hardest thing for me as, as 
I was able to keep track when I was a professional. I was able to keep track of me and my staff and all that stuff. But my home voiceover business was like, I just do the work and hopefully somebody remembers to put PayPal in my in my thing. And I was like, that's when I transitioned away from, from hobby to business when I was like, okay, I need to keep track of these invoices. I need to know who I've billed, how much I've billed, how much do I need to retain to pay my income taxes and all that stuff. But keeping mm -hmm. track, being able to find all your records. Discipline number one. And then... Then all these good problems start to happen. How do I, how do I market better? How do I, how do I uh, create more content? How do I create more content faster? How do I find a producer that helps me, you know, book guests or, or whatever it is, right? Then you start to hopefully, hopefully get good, good problems to solve. Well, we have been, we've been, uh, this has been such an enjoyable conversation. So such an enjoyable conversation, but we're sort of up against our, our time allotment here. And, and I'm so, I just want to say thank you to both of you for, for allotting in a, a full hour, a full hour out of your business to come talk to me and to the fellow booth junkies out there. I, I could, could not Anytime. be more grateful. It's an honor to be here uh, with you guys. You guys you. are both, you, you're both very inspirational to me. That's why I wanted to have you on and you, the, the way you, you coach and mentor new folks, the way you uh, represent the voiceover business, honestly, with integrity, with, with realism, that this isn't going to be something that you're going to get rich quick at. You, you're, you've, you've <laughs> been, I think you're, I think you're, you're both very much assets to the voiceover world. And I'm so grateful that you spent, spent time with me today. Thank I, you. I could not be more grateful. Um, would you, well, ladies first, Gabby, can, where can people find you where if they want to if they want to talk to you more how do they do that uh best way is to go to my website gabriellenistico.com um corresponding social media work as well and of course my youtube channel gift of gab to gab that's right anthony yeah. yeah um so uh you can find more information on uh avosjourney.com avosjourney.com uh check out our academy and the community there. I'd love you to check it out. And also, I'm so excited, just so you know, I don't, I'm sure we'll have a link, but uh, Gabby and Mike are going to be speaking at uh, Avio's Journey VoiceOver Conference in October. I'm so excited. I'm excited to attend their stuff. So it's going to be an, an honor to have them. And that's uh, October 4th. Uh, I can't remember that they're on different days, I think, but October 14th through the 16th. So that's on the website as well. But hopefully I'll, I'll we'll have a link maybe. Um, but yeah, but definitely check it out. I think it's going to be, it's going to be amazing having you guys there. Cool. So. Cool. Uh, so, so happy, so happy to participate. Thank you both so much. And thank you. you know, get out there and get out there and record something amazing.